And we're here on the KM Podcast. Ken Brown from WJ Radio, Michael Hare, DetroitLions.com, as we talk Lions football. Hello, Michael. Hello, Ken Brown. Notice how the tone has gotten a little upbeat more and more each week. All the podcasts are on file there. Go back and get the ones when they're one and six and just the sound, even though I, I predicted everything that's going on, but just the sound of a podcast and the stuff we can talk about and when they're actually winning and there's a, a, a product that people like, you just have more fun doing it. Yeah, I would agree with that. And also, Kenny, and, and, and I, I can speak to this because I work out at Allen Park, the Lions headquarters. That's where our little office is and all that. And the, the feeling around the building, is it's just different. You know, it really is. It's... I'm not saying it was it was there was disappointment when they were one and six. I don't think anybody was quite ready to cash it in or anything like that. I'm just talking about the people who work here and all that, not just necessarily yeah. the coaches and the players and all that. But everything is just it feels just so different. It really does. It just yeah. They can leave in the daytime now. You know, they don't have to wait till nightfall and sneak out down the Southfield Freeway. You know, they can actually drive drive down Ford Road now and be proud. Well, first call I make is it's not snowing, is it? <laughs> but no, but, but you understand what I mean. And I don't want to put too much into it, but it just it's a different feeling. And, you know, it, it really is a collaborative effort, you know, among the people who work here, the players, the coaches, the scouts, the front office ownership and all that. I mean, it all emanates from them and flows in and flows down and into the people, but it flows back when you're winning. Right. It really does. And what did we say they, from the first time we did these this season, Mike? We said this is a season of progress. We want to see progress. And I think I, progress passed about two weeks ago. Now we're on yeah. the now now we're in a whole different phase. But progress was about when they won their fourth game, or maybe the third, really after they had more victories than last year. That's your progress. But I, and, Go ahead. And, it, and it's not just in numbers either. In other words, I think if if I were just not connected with either team and just watched them play for the last three or four or five weeks, I would feel better about the Detroit Lions with their six and seven record than I would about the Minnesota Vikings at ten and three. I know that may sound ridiculous because look, I want to win no matter what. Don't get me wrong, but if I was just independently you know, looking at the teams and what they did and how they played and how they, and how they got their record, I'd feel better about how the Lions are playing and where they're headed. Yeah. You know, we talked, to, we, for people to know, we talked yesterday, me and Mike, um, about this. And you asked me a question after the game. You said, which team do you think is the better team? And last night I told you, I still thought Minnesota was the better team. But after a night of reflection and sleep, and after I watched <laughs> the game a little bit, I, I kind of agree with you now. I think the Lions are a better team than Minnesota. Minnesota has a couple of things the Lions don't have, but as an overall team, I, I do think the Lions are a better team. Now, Minnesota, like I said, by their point differential, you can tell they they're like the Lions were that season where Marinelli was there and they finished six and two in the first half. There was a lot of games that, even though the statistic didn't prove it out, they won the games, but it didn't last. And that's the feeling I get with this Minnesota team. They're 10-2 and two at this time yesterday. But it wasn't going to last, and it still might not last. I just think they, there's some flaws in that team. They just, they've been good in the right place and have been very fortunate this up to now. Yeah, look, they've got a tremendous wide receiver in, in Justin Jefferson. I mean, he, he might be top three, top four in the league. But, but also, when you get up to that group of the top you know, four, five, or six, they're all the same. 
They just might be do it a little, you know, a little different way here and there, and you take any one of them. But I don't see, you know, Delvin Cook. It has been good, and I put the emphasis on has been because I don't think he is a has been. He has been good, but the Lions handled him yesterday. I mean, just absolutely handled. What do you have? Fifteen carries, twenty three yards, yards, right? Yeah, or twenty three yeah. yards. Yeah, that was. Um... Alexander Madison had uh, one carry for minus two. I mean, he held him to what twenty one yards rushing? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, the thing also about it is that um, it wasn't the Lions' best game. Well, we'll get into the game in a minute. I just want to go through this part. We'll get into the game part of it in a minute because a lot of things happen. But that's another thing we were talking about. I think we were talking about this before Sunday. I think we were talking about this last Friday or whatever, about how big games are. Last week against the Jacksonville, you said this is, gonna, this is a defining game for the season. They for won the season, it. Not for the, yeah, not for the right. team necessarily. For the season. The they teams, won it. Yes. To me, and won it forty to forty to fourteen. To me, yesterday was a defining game for Dan Campbell's program. I think that if there was any doubt left, could he prepare a team to win a big game? I mean, a division big, a big game. Jacksonville wasn't a big game; it was a game against a team you should beat, and you did it, and you did it. Well, it's, resoundingly. A, it's a big game because they couldn't, they can't afford a slip. Right, and they were coming off, of, and they were right. coming off a big game to themselves. And that's what that's what added into it, Kenny. And right. Also, but look yesterday, what happened, yes, look what happened yesterday. Yeah, but see, yesterday was a game. Win. If you're trying to get back in it, you got to win. It's a game. Absolutely. That, so this game meant more than the Jacksonville game. I guess they all build up to another, you know, week to week. But I'm just saying, if the Lions would have lost yesterday, nobody would have came out of the game saying, "Oh man, same old line." No, they would just said, "Man, it was those are the games you have to win to take the next step." But they would have understood a loss because it was a ten and two team. But once you pass that barrier, now you took a ten and two team in your place, and you beat them. I mean, it, it, the game was eight point game, whatever it was at the end. But you beat them. You know, you beat them, and beat them good. So now the game, the game was thirty four twenty three. Not exactly what I pre- predicted it to be, but very very close, of course. Right, and the last, you know, they they had some breakdowns in the secondary at the. What was your score? I think I was thirty-one seventeen when I was something like that. I forgot what yours uh, was. Mine was thirty to thirty-sixteen. Thirty-sixteen, yeah. So you know, yeah. within the realm, but just the way the game played out, I just think that this was another hurdle, and this might be the last hurdle. Well, you know what? As soon as I say this is the last hurdle, now you got another hurdle this week. This is like three. So these are like the. I don't know if you ever saw that. Um, Quentin Tarantino movie where they had the layers of floors you had to go up. Um, now, Kill Bill, and you had to go up the floors, and each level was a different test. This is like the third week in a row. Now, this test is to go on the road against a good team that's playoff bound. You both are fighting for that playoff spot and get a victory. So this is another test this week. But you passed the first two tests. Now you're in the test three. Well, and the New York Jets, you know, I think I, they're starting to unravel, and they've got quarterback issues, quarterback injuries. But they have a terrific defense, and they can look. They when they hit, they hit hard, and they can cause turnovers. One thing the Lions have done in this stretch, where they've won five games, you know, five out of six, or is it six out of six? It's five out of six. Uh, they're on the cusp now. They're in the race now. They really are. They're in the race. If they win, if they win out, it would be very hard for them to miss the playoffs. Right. Really would. But but you know they put themselves in this spot, and now every week is another test. And you know what? That's the way it's supposed to be. It really is. You know, look, back in the days when it was a 12 and 14 game schedule, and before it got to 16 and now 17, the line was you've got to win in December 
to make the playoffs. Well, now you got to win in December and January, but it's the same concept. Late in the season, everything counts more. It really does. Right. Well, okay. Let's, uh, you got the good stuff out the way. Now, as always, <laughs> I got to get to the bad <laughs> stuff now because a couple of things pissed me off. Number one, I hate Adam Thielen. He's a whiner on every play, and I just – good player. No doubt about a good player. But he whines every all. play. He's held every play. He's in the ref's face every play. He is my most disliked, I want to say, NFC player. There might be a couple in the AFC I don't like, but he's definitely the most despised NFC player. He's just a whiner, and it, it just showed up all day yesterday. Every play, Mikey wants to flag, and he plays not even throwing to him he wants to flag. I'm like, come on, man. So that's number one. Glad he lost. Well, and speaking of flags, you know, the Lions started out, they had five penalties in the first quarter after having only three in the previous two games combined. So there must have been a lot of whining somewhere going on yeah. because he only had two the rest of the game. Right. They settled down. They, they settled, settled down. Into the game. Settled into the game. Yeah. Number two, whoever this Jay Williams, the D-back is, who I never heard of until Jarv Williams, whatever, wherever he went, he needs to go back. That play – the 15-yard play, even though it didn't hurt because they got the first down back after the fake uh, run, he gets this penalty jaw-jabbing on the other side of the field, not even near the play. You don't come up to the squad for the first time and then try that. You know, that 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 just made me upset. Wait, who are you talking about? The guy who got the penalty on the uh, fake field, on the fake um, punt. Oh, okay, gotcha. Who was okay. a guy I didn't even know was on the squad. He must have been elevated Sunday or Saturday or whatever. Never even knew he was, I never even heard of him before. But you don't come up to the team and then just start jaw jabbing. His name is Jay Williams, Jar Williams. He's a D back. He, he played fourteen special team snaps today. Whoever, that's my point. You don't even get the. Yeah, if you don't even, people don't even know yard, and you just keep your mouth shut on the field. You know, Mike. It was away from the play on the other side. You can't come up here. These guys been playing for fourteen weeks or whatever. Then you come up there and try to mess up stuff. So just whoever you are, good luck in the future. Okay. Whatever you are. <laughs> I never even heard of the guy. When, it, when his name came up on the, on the scoreboard, on the screen at, at Ford Field, I'm looking at my roster. Me and I was with Dan Dickerson yesterday. We're looking on the roster. Who is this guy? Well, I was looking at the play-by-play and the fact sheets and all that other stuff this morning, and I, I look at play Jamal Williams did a lot. I didn't realize he was doing all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then I saw the J.A. versus the J.R. Right, the J.R., right. That's exactly like I said, they snuck him on the roster. I don't even know where he came from. And number three, we still got that problem at right guard. Now, Steinberg, Stenberg, excuse Stenberg, me, Stenberg, Stenberg. I don't know why I keep saying Steinberg. Stenberg. Hey, no. If you're, you're going to trash a guy, at least get his name. I know, right? I should get his name. I'm not going to trash him because, look, he's the yes, he's are. the he's the last guard on the team. He's been inactive a lot of weeks. He's been benched and he was start. So I'm not going to trash him. I'm just saying we need to know. He's got to – Either up his game or you got to come out of there, or they got to get somebody else because. Well, he might be what he might be what he is now. You, know, you don't know. Maybe, right. maybe he has upped his game, and that's how he's got out. Then we got to we got to take matters in our own hands because he's he's unacceptable out there right now. And the point of the matter, they haven't run the ball good the last couple of weeks, and I want to get back to that good running style. And I think part of it is that position. Well, it's part of it, but but yeah, that's look. They've run into a couple of. Supposedly, apparently, pretty good run defenses. I guess I don't know. Well, they run. We're talking about we're talking about teams that the Lions have played. Let's not forget that the game where they went to went to um, uh, New Jersey and beat the seven and two New York Giants, who turned out to be not all that. Let's, right. let's face it. 
they are what they are, and they aren't what they are, what they think they are. But that was a that was a big win at the time. It really was, especially the way they shut down Saquon Barkley. Yeah, all these wins have have some significance to them, and I agree with you. But and you're going back to New Jersey, you're going back to the same place this week. You can go to, for the sweep, you know, the season sweep of, uh, the, <laughs> of the Meadowlands. Just go back and get both games out of there. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even know. I don't think they call it the Meadowlands. What do they call it now? Uh, that's that uh, life stadium. That life stadium. Go get two out yeah. of there. Go get two out of there. Yeah, well, that, that would be great. It really would. But I'll tell you what. Don't sleep on Carolina Panthers. They've got good players. No, Wait a minute. A, Worse than don't, don't sleep have, on them. You know where they are in the division race? Uh, they're in it. They're One game behind because uh, the Tampa Bay so terrible. They're six and seven. I think uh, um, Carolina's four and whatever, four and eight or whatever. They're like one game behind, so they're playing for a division. Matter of fact, they could have a losing record and win the division. Well, that happens. That, that, look, that happens. That happens more than you think. You know, teams go seven, eight and one, seven, nine, something like or seven, nine and one, but they never get in as a wild card with that record. But you can get in. Yeah. You can get a division, a division berth. And I know that a lot of people want to scream and change the rules. Leave them alone. They've been working fine yeah. for 100 years. And I don't think the Lions are going to overlook any team because they got to win them all. No. they got to win them no, all. Just, so they're look, not look, look, overlooking this, any team. Look, this is, a, this is a tough game. They knocked out a quarterback yesterday, the white kid uh, 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 for the Jets. Yeah, and white. Thinking, you know, the other way around. When you say the white uh, kid, the guy's name is white for those uh, – <laughs> For the racial, for the, for the people out of the audience not ready to call Al Sharpton. You know, he's saying the guy's name is White. His name is White, yeah. not the White guy. <laughs> the White kid. I'm trying to remember his name. Was, when I'm you said it, I was going through every White player in the league right now. Who's he talking about? All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when you got down to three, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he might. He had, a, he had to go to the hospital last night after the game. Uh, he said right. it was a real – but when I hear people go to the hospital – I don't think they're gonna play the next week. I, I, well, I, I don't know if he's gonna play this week. Though. They say he was okay. They say there was nothing wrong, but right. I just when I see that, Mike, even if it's the, like bruised ribs, that could keep you out a week. Oh, sure, can. Sure yeah. Can. So I'm well, not. Look, I'm not. And I saw the hit, so I, it wasn't like you know it was that just barely tapped. He was like he got folded like a lawn chair. I'm oh, telling yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. He did. Let me just get something off my chest here, real quick. You know, I watched that Get Up show on ESPN in the morning. And you know that Danny Orlowski, the guy I've known forever, is on it. He's really good at it. But Mike Greenberg sometimes he's talking about the white kid who had Jesus. He was taken to the hospital in an ambulance. Really, he didn't call a, li- a lift or Uber or something like that. He's taken to the hospital in an- because the ambulances are on site. Right, there. That's right. what they're there for. It's like the transportation to take away. Come on, <laughs> no, no. You know my bus hasn't stopped yet, Coach. I'll be there as soon right. as I can. Can you hold the plane for me? Right. Come on, Greenberg. Now the big injury though for this week that will really hurt the Jets, and I hope he's out, was uh, the Williams kid, the defensive tackle. He went out with a calf injury in the second oh, quarter. Yeah. Now, him missing a week, I'm fine with that, too. I'm, I'm, that's okay by me because that kid is one of the best tackles in the league. <laughs> You're sneaking into the room and kick him in the yeah, back. Yeah, I'm right. I'm, like, I'm making him walk stairs. I'm doing all types of stuff to get that calf fired up before Sunday. But this is oh, going to be a great match this week. Uh, you got any last re- talk about the Minnesota game? You want to talk with Jamison Williams catching the first touchdown? I thought that was just apropos. Even though it was a blown coverage, just though, no, get it out the way, man. First catch, touchdown. That reminds me of Matt Ryan and when they played the Lions back in 2007. His first pass was a touchdown pass against the Lions. Yeah, I will never forget yeah, that. Was, I will yeah, never yeah, forget 2008. that. 2008. They scored on their first three possessions, 21 yeah. to nothing. And you know what? They were. I, I think they were in, in the power rankings, at the start of the season power rankings, 
because they were terrible. The, you know, they were terrible the year before. They were 30th in the league. Wow. 30th. Wow. In the league, I think it was an ESPN. I'll never forget that. And they come out and they just smoked the Lions, yep. of course. And that started smoked fifteen more. I'm about to say that started them <laughs> on the way to getting smoked weekly, a, a weekly smoking. Um, so, but yeah, so that I, I was happy for Jameson Williams to get it out the way. Um, sure. He only played. Sure. I looked at the thing. He played a few more snaps. He only played like thirteen snaps, I think. Oh, let me look at this. Look, let, let him. Let him. Look, yeah, let thirteen him snaps. Let him get grooved into the game. Okay? Oh, the way Chalk and um, everybody else is playing now, you know, he, you can bring him along slow. It's not like a couple of weeks ago when the receivers were hurt. You know, you needed him, but he wasn't there. Now you can just bring him along slow because all these guys are healthy now and they're, and they're contributing. And I want to see Swift get more involved. I saw a couple plays yesterday he made. Like, he made guys miss. He was in there. I just – and it looks like Jamal Williams is, is tiring out a little too. So I want to see Swift's workload as a running back pick up. Well, interesting you would bring that up because I looked, you know, I looked at those uh, uh, play charts and all that snap counts, and the Lions really have the ultimate right now rotation at, at running back: twenty six snaps for Jamal Williams, twenty five for DeAndre Swift, and twenty for Justin Jackson. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, you know, spreading it out. Always have somebody fresh. Now, each one they're a little bit different the way they play, but uh, I'd say Swift by far the most versatile of, of those three. But they even got uh, Amon Ross St. Brown in there for one run running play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the offense to me, and we're going to talk about Jared Goff in a minute. But the offense to me is really humming right now. I mean, it's, it's doing good. It, it has breakdowns in a few. Th- different areas every now and then but for the most part I mean you're putting up 30 points a game you're putting you're scoring and you know it, you're really playing it looks good out there well yeah, look at their last two wins you know 34 to, was it 34 to 23 40 to 14 those are big you know those are big time big time stats you're putting up in it look this isn't college football this is the pros you're putting up some big numbers week in and week out week in and week out and look how many Jacksonville put up on Tennessee yesterday so you know a team that you held to fourteen, what they get up? Uh, what they scored thirty four yesterday? Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, in the thirties. So you know, and one, and Trevor Lawrence was impressive. So you were playing, like I said, you're playing teams that are some of these bad teams are starting to get good now when you're playing them, and some of the teams that are already good are still staying good. So it's you got to play every game as what it is, and this week to me is going to be a big game. Before we, I want before we get to the next week though, I want to talk about two more things. Penny Sewell catching a pass, you gotta you gotta love that play. You know he's he is really he's a tremendous player and he's a tremendous athlete. I asked uh, 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 one of the offensive linemen about. No, I'm sorry, it was it was, it was Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, somebody asked him about it. I was just you know like on the fringe of that scrum listening to him, and he said that man is not of this earth. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, Aiden Hutchinson goes against the defensive, the, the, uh, the offensive tackles every day in practice. He would, he would know. And the thing, and yeah, and the thing about it, Mike, you look at him, and you see him in the mix with all the other guys. You're like, oh, he's normal size. He's what is he? You know, six two, three hundred pounds. You look at him. Then when you realize how big he is, as as he gets to, he's six five, like three thirty, and nimble. Yeah, he is. He's, he's he's very very agile. He really is. I saw a stat. I don't know if you saw it today. Um, Taylor Decker hasn't given up a pressure in the last three weeks, 
And in the last nine weeks, I think, don't get, quote me on this part of it, Sewell has given up five pressures all year or in the last nine weeks, something like that. Five pressures. Right. I didn't say sacks. We talking about three pressures on the other side with no sacks and five pressures or nine pressure, five pressures in the last nine games for Sewell or five pressures all year or something like that. But, I mean, when your corner, your ends are not letting your quarterback even sniff guys, I mean, that makes Jared Goff comfortable in that pocket. And when Jared Goff is comfortable in the pocket, man, he's he's a, he's, he's a Ginsu, man. He's precision. Well, one thing about him, he's he's accurate. And to get back to Penny Sewell and, and Taylor Decker, it was just 15 months ago when you know, Decker was out with a, a severe hand injury, finger injury, whatever it was. You know, Penny Sewell, as a rookie, was moving from right tackle, where the Lions were going to play him, to left tackle, where he played in college. And, is this going to ruin him? Is this going to affect his career? Is this going to, you know, this, that, and the other thing? Look at it. They got they got maybe the best tackle tandem in the National Football League with Decker back at left tackle and Sewell back at right tackle. Now, add another piece into that. They got the best left tackle center duel in the league because Ragnar, I saw that his thing, he hasn't given up a sack in, you know, this year, I think, they said, or something. I, I'm going I'm to repeat the statistics, but just – they're all three, and Jonah Jackson, who might be one of the better guards in the league. Four of the five spots are solid. It's a solid line. Just got to take care of that one spot since Big V is out, and that's the key to this team to me on offense. Well, I think it is, too, because you, you, you get a chance to run your offense. And, you know, I was reading something that NBC sent out last night. I'm on that quote sheet I get, and I'm sure when I say I get it, it's not exclusive to me. I'm sure there's hundreds of other guys in the media who get that, too, and and they were just raving about the way the Lions' offense is put together. They really are about how you can throw high-pressure passes down the middle and 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 a, a very creative uh, a running game. You don't often hear creative and running game together, but you know what the Lions have been able to do, and, and since really the middle of last season, when Dan uh, Dan Campbell made the change in, in coordinators and and play calling and all of that, he took over the play calling. But that was just for the rest of that season that that really paid that paid off that paid dividends uh, right then for the rest of that season for the last uh, nine games and going forward to this season and beyond yeah definitely and like I said Ben Johnson who if this keeps up might not be here past this year but that's okay you hope make it hard for him for a team not to take him I mean just do your job and if you do your job and they win the rest of these games I'm telling you right now everybody's they're gonna want a piece of but no, absolutely. Do nah. you? Yeah, absolutely. When yeah. do you make the decision on golf? Is he the guy on going what? forward? Has the decision been made in uh, your mind? Or do we just let it play out? Well, number one, it's been made in my mind and we let it play out. He's got two years after this left on his contract. At what in the National Football League is a very cheap rate for a, I'd say, I wouldn't call him the top level, but the second tier of quarterbacks. You know, he, these guys are going to get 35, 40 mil. Really, he's underpaid according to the standards that's been set by others. You know, guys who haven't accomplished as much as he has are getting 35, 40, 50 million. Yeah. I, I, I put it like this. It's no question in my mind now that he's back next year. But I still say you got to take a quarterback to groom because you need a backup. And a, since he's 28, a young 21-year-old would be good to get a nice young quarterback to groom. So I'm, I don't have a problem with him taking a quarterback, but I'm not coming back in next year with a rookie. To try to win games, you know, you, you well, your team is set. Do? 
You gonna put him back in the pen? What are you what are you gonna do? Draft a twenty six year old, a thirty year old? Hey, Mike, a I hate to tell you this, but there's one. like two quarterbacks in the in the draft that I had college. I like 25 years old, Hayden Hooker, <laughs> and that other guy, the guy from uh, Stetson Bennett. I mean, the guy, there are 25 year old seniors now, and you laughed about this, but because of the COVID year, these guys getting six years in school. There's a lot of older quarterbacks now coming in the out, out of the draft. Well, a year of a year of COVID doesn't do much for me, in all honesty. It doesn't, you know. Look, I'm not, I'm not downplaying down the COVID part of it. But that doesn't do much for me in terms of them, of them advancing their skill level. Or no, no, like I'm that. just saying that gave them extra year eligibility. They all got to stay. I think that Hayden Hooker from Tennessee, it's like his sixth year in college. Stetson Bennett has been – he was in college probably when Stafford was there as old as he is. I mean, it's yeah. just – you know, these guys are staying. And like I said, you can draft an older quarterback or draft a young one, but I'd like to see them draft a young quarterback. Perfect for me last year was you to took Malik Willis and just put him on the bench for like three or four years. That would have been perfect. This way you don't even have to talk about it anymore. But that's just for something to have because you, you're going to need two quarterbacks in this league because every now and then you, a quarterback's going to miss a game regardless. And you see some well, of these teams that – look what happened to San Francisco. They're down to like their third guy now, and this guy comes out of nowhere and plays good, this uh, Purdy guy. You never, right. I never heard of him. I know he went to Iowa State, but I never heard of him. No, I had neither, honestly. And you know what? I'd, I'd still have to write his name down somewhere so I could look at it every yeah. once in a while to remember who he is. But when the time came for him to win a game, he he came out and performed, and that's the kind well, of thing you got to have because you never know. Well, you know, some of that's coaching too, and that's that's yeah. Shanahan there. So is a heck of a coach, he really is. I don't know what that says about Jimmy G. If this guy is playing like this now, I I got to revalue it. Well, is it Shanahan? <laughs> is it Jimmy? G- I mean, is it Shanahan now? Well, it's a game and a half. Let's calm down a little bit. I know, but Mike, the last player picked in the draft, you he starts and wins games. I mean, it's, it's, regardless it's, of what it is, hold it, hold it. Is it really any different between the last player drafted at, at quarterback and a guy taken in the middle of the sixth round? Not really, not really. Are we talking Tom Brady? Is that what you're trying to say? Well, that type of thing. Okay, it's, 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 but Tom Brady didn't start his first year. And we saw that game in Detroit when he came out, how he looked. He was one for three. Right. He was one for three. This kid is winning games, Mike. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Okay. You know, don't get excited now. Don't get excited. Don't get excited now. You know what? This is like one of our phone calls, minus the swearing. <laughs> <I know. laughs> I'll just, you know what? I'll defer. Yeah. Okay. But I'm just saying, I like these stories. I like stories like that. I do like stories. You know what? Like though? I do. I do like this. If I if I'm drafting a quarterback, I want somebody who can move. Yeah, I want definitely. A, I want a, I want a guy with movement. Definitely, definitely. All right. So now, um, I watched uh, Football Night America, and Steve Kranacki was on with the percentage and whatever the Lions were a seventeen percent chance to make the playoffs. Now they moved up, and they'll move up and nope. keep going. But just keep winning games because uh, Carolina won, which was a good move. Seattle lost. Minnesota and Washington played this week, so. I still think that the last playoff spot will be a nine-win playoff spot. I do think well, that. I just think it's going to happen. I know it can be. I think. I think it's going to be harder. I think it's going to be harder with a seventeen-game schedule than it used to be. But I went back when the Lions started this run. I went back and looked at at the um, the last team in for the last five years, and there was a ten, there was a nine, and there was an eight. And that's a wild card. Now I'm not talking about 
division titles because division titles you can get in with seven like every right. five or eight right. years or something like that right. but there was one eight win team and it was the chicago bears at eight and eight mm-hmm. made it as a wild card yeah. and i'll go back even further though back it was in 1999 the lions and the uh and the, and the uh, uh uh dallas cowboys both got in as wild cards at nine and nine that was amazing not nine and but nine two of them I mean, uh, uh, eight and eight. Yeah, that was when well, they played. They let you keep playing until you're. Yeah, that was the year they played and Washington. They, and you know what? And they both got just both got slaughtered. In right, the that was the year they got when slaughtered by Washington. I remember that again. Yeah, yeah. And another thing Steve Kanaki said last night was that last year a team that was six and seven at this time ended up in the playoffs. He said so. It's happened. Last year, he said, I forgot how many years in a row he said it's happened, but he said being 6-7 and seven at this point, there's a team that always makes the playoffs. Well, look at this. The uh, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals were one game better than that, 7-7. Seven and seven, and They won their division and made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, so it could happen. And I'll give you one more, too, folks out there. 1995, the Detroit Lions were 3-6 and six after a road loss to the Atlanta Falcons. And in the locker room after the game, the owner, the late William Clay Ford, told the three or four writers just happened to be talking to him uh kurt sylvester was one of them i was one of them of course and and he said if the lions didn't make the playoffs he's going to fire wayne fonts they won six straight made the playoffs at ten and six yep six straights and just and blew people away too i mean just just powered them they never should have been three and six they never Mm -hmm. had a roster full of pro bowl players a couple of all pros barry sanders herman Mm -hmm. herman moore uh, lomas brown on and on, Chris Spielman. We got it. Blade. We got it. We got it. Stop. We got it. We got it. We got it. Uh, I saw Brad Holmes for a second. I talked to him for a second yesterday. Uh, nothing, you know, just high and by stuff. But I talked to him for a second upstairs in the press box yesterday, and uh, I just, I just felt a bunch of relief on his, on his, his face. He didn't say it, but I was just, I felt it for him, and I just think that he sees now his plan is coming into place. Well, that too, and here's another thing too. And look, he came into he and, and Dan Campbell came in together. Now I don't know how much they knew each other before they came here. You know, if they even heard of each, well, I'm sure he would know. He would hear of Dan Campbell. Not sure that Dan Dan would know who the personnel director of the of, of, of the of the uh, of, of the Rams was. But I don't think there could be anything worse than, for example, than a new general manager two years into his job thinking he's given the head coach good players and they can't win. You understand what I'm saying? No, I got you. Mm-hmm, you're right. Yeah, I, I think that I think that would be an awful feeling because then all of a sudden he's going to start, he's going to hear all that stuff on the radio about it. it's time to fire the coach. You can't, you know, you can't do this. You can't do that. Uh, it, it wears on you. It's, it's hard to ignore it. You, you really can't. You're just sort of inundated with it. But to be sitting there with a team that's losing and you think you have good players, would be just, I think, would be an awful spot for a first-year or first-time general manager to be in. Thankfully, that has not, on their behalf, thankfully, that is not what's happened. They are getting better. Yeah, and just remember, in too. Fact, they, in fact, they're already better. They're still the third youngest team in the league, and there's, this is, a, like I said, they're ahead of where I thought they would be now. I, I said at the beginning of the season, I thought they win eight games. I thought they would be competitive, and then next year will be the well, year they make the But they're ahead of that game. If they go five hundred, you know, play five hundred ball out, 
That's eight wins. Yeah, but I didn't think they would be battling for a playoff spot in December. I just thought that eight wins would be like they'd win the last two to get to eight, and they would never they'd be just competitive all season. They are yeah. in contention. This is I did not see this coming. Now, I don't know if it's the rest of the league is mediocre to that point or they're overachieved to that point, but they're in it. I mean, they're in it now. So the, now you can see this is the best thing could ever happen. Forget about a draft pick and losing them all to get some guy from Bowtucket State. Right now, you are going to be able to see what players are going to be there for you. You're going to see. Like the Jameer Williams guy from yesterday, we see what he would do in a pressure situation to just come up. He'd get penalized on something stupid. So we already know. We done put the check by his name. We saw the other week Austin Bryan make a stupid penalty at the end of a game that was a crucial spot. We saw that, right? We put a check mark. So you see these things. Then you see guys who make big plays like Amon St. Brown. Okay, I can put a check mark. This guy's in the crutch, in the clutch. He's making big plays. I don't have to worry about him. This is better than any draft pick you could get. You're getting getting experience. Yeah, absolutely. And and also, just think about this. The fourth-round pick is doing this. Got a third-round pick as a starting safety. Got a uh, fifth and sixth round uh, draft picks or, or starting linebackers or at least playing, you know, playing significant uh, snap counts for you. So they they've they've really hit it with you know with a lower class, lower uh, lower rate ranked uh, uh, draft pick. Yep, yep. And and another thing, well, we'll talk about the end of the season when it comes, but they'll they'll have money to add uh, actual veteran players coming up in the. Uh, you know, coming up in the free agency. So you'll have a, yeah. some veterans next year along with young players getting better. This is the perfect guy. You don't have a you don't really have a bad contract that's that's gonna en- enable you from getting players. So they're in a perfect spot. They've managed the cap good enough now. They went through the year where they couldn't sign a lot of guys because of the cap. Now they got that dead money coming off. This team should be improving from this point. Like injury, but injuries in football can happen, and that could derail things. But I'm just saying, if it keeps on this path, this is what you want to see. And now, it's on to the Jets, Michael. Here, yes, it will. Yes, it is. And I look. I think it's going to be a, t- a tough, 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 tough game. Part of it could be the weather there in, in New Jersey that you know, was an issue in yesterday's game, and, and there, and just like I said it. Just one of the really, really good defenses in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. So, got a lot of thinking to do before we. Well, we'll talk about that on Friday. Friday. We'll yeah. talk about that on Friday. Yeah. But before I do go, the last thing I want to say is the fans yesterday were incredible. Wow. Mike, remember what did I tell you when I came? I came up before the game, we were talking, and I said I yeah. walked over from Compuware, and I said, What did I tell you on the way over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, said, yeah. I said, These guys are ready now, they're coming yeah. in. They were in their seats before the game started, which is rare sometimes because, you know, guys fill in in the first quarter. They were in their seats ready when that ball was kicked off. When Romeo Okora came out, they introduced him last. Yeah. That crowd was just – it was it was on fire. What did you think of the backflip of uh, – He of, does that uh, every week. And like I, I said, the, the, the moment he does one of those gets hurt and can't play, then we're going to stop that. But right now – Go ahead and do it. But, you know, when you sprain something doing that backflip one time, I guess he's good at it, so maybe he won't sprain anything. But, you know, I I would, like, okay, take it down a little bit, man. We're playing well, Let's again. put it this way. I wish I could do what Kirby Joseph does. Oh, please. Please. <laughs> I wish I could do it. Yeah, I, in front of two people, let alone 65,000. Please. Yeah, right. Yeah, one slip. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, but, look, we had a linebacker, what, 10 years ago, celebrated a play here in, 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 in a game in, in – Hurt his knee and missed the rest of the season. Yeah. And the one thing, though, 
There'll never be another one. The greatest entrance I ever saw was Billy Sims goose stepping 50 yards from oh, the Silverdome on the Monday God. night game against Minnesota, I think it was. He goose stepped oh, yeah. all down the tunnel and all out to the field. That was the greatest entrance I have ever seen well, in the history of Lions football. You're leaving something out, the little land that was going right beside him. Side oh, side. That's right. That's right. I forgot remember about that? the little. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That? The Viya was going with him. That's right. So, oh, that was cool. <laughs> that was, now, that was excitement. That uh, was, that was, and, and Billy, Billy is eye to eye with the, with the, with the mascot yep. going right down. <laughs> that, was, that was great. That was excitement. All right, Mike, so we'll see you Friday for our game time. Uh, the six and seven Lions are back in it, and um, we'll see uh, what happens this week in practice. And I just think that it's exciting times. Every game now is a playoff game, and every game, every play in every game means something. So this is this is what you guys asked for for the last three years after the Patricia era. You want to see meaningful games in December? Well, here they are. So enjoy every one of them. Yeah, I was I was getting tired of those meaningful games in October. <laughs> right. That meaningful <laughs> September 29th game. <laughs> exactly. All right, Mike. So we'll see you out there. Anything else on DetroitLions.com? Check Michael Hare out. And um Frank Ragnar this afternoon, 5 30 p.m. on the Mitch Album Show, 760 WJR. Check him out. And we will see you.